Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Reds ride a tough wave in Europe at the moment, as we're recording within hours of the first kick at the Parc de Prince. Nonetheless, come in with heads held very high in their Premier League fixtures, still undefeated through 13. But I think it's safe to say, as we approach the Merseyside Derby this weekend, all of that goes straight out the window. Welcome back all to another episode of the Talk On podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hallett. And to help me think through preview what's to come at the weekend i'm very delighted to be joined by adam jones evidence beat writer at the liverpool echo welcome sir uh thank you for having me glad to have you especially at uh odd hours during the day so <laughs> yeah what time is it for you now yeah uh, 7 a.m uh pacific time oh, wow but uh it's fine kids have me, <laughs> up. me. I, I, it's 3 p.m and i think i'm tired well, there's a solution I, I saw yesterday known as the coffee sleep. And it's mm. to trick your brain, you drink a little coffee, go right to bed, take a 20-minute nap, mm. and somehow it triggers the biology of your brain to be even more alert afterwards. So you got that if you need it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm using that. <laughs> Later on in the week, I'm definitely going to need that. For sure. Yeah, you learn something <laughs> new all the time on the Talk On podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a very interesting tie, uh, as it always is. Uh, so mm. Reds coming in undefeated in their last eight in this series. Uh, the Blues, obviously, in their own run of good form, taking a point from Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, which we always appreciate, putting Brighton to the sword convincingly, as you should. And uh, taking all three points from Leicester away. So just a little, a few blemishes in that. There was a lot of mm. personnel moves, obviously, in the summer, a lot of which I think flew under the radar. Very much a different side under Silva, is it mm. not? I mean, I think it was, it was quite well documented last season, the amount of troubles that Everton had. You know, there was a really dreadful period which found the club quite close to the relegation zone just before uh, Ronald Koeman was eventually sacked from the club uh sam allardyce was brought in and he always he was always on the back foot whenever he was Everton manager you know he did he just didn't have the right squad of players to ever achieve anything more than what he got he took us he took us to where we needed to be at the end of last season and then it was very right that Everton needed a change and, and the change came at a sweeping level you know there's a new director of football came in even in marcel brands you know obviously a new manager in Marco Silva and mm-hmm. as you said a lot a lot of uh, a lot of new signings have followed suit as well you know the first one was Richarlison and you know it, it, that came with a lot of a lot of questions about the price tag uh, you know Everton spent what could rise up to a uh, 40 million to bring the Brazilian in over the uh, over the course of the summer and there were a lot of people saying well he hasn't scored since December you know is he the right man and hmm. you know I think those those people have quite quite emphatically been silenced up to this point now but even even going further than the obvious one which is Richarlison uh, like further than that you've got Luca Dean has come in and he's instantly replaced Leighton Baines who's hardly had any competition for about 11 years to be Everton's left back and instantly Luca Dean has come in and ousted him from that position. Yerry Mina and Kurt Zuma have absolutely been rocks in 
in the centre of defence, so much so that Kedzuma can't even get into the squad anymore because Yerry Mina and Michael Keane are playing mm-hmm. so well together. Andre Gomez has been the revelation over the past couple of weeks, especially I think he's really changed the dynamic in Everton's midfield and he's opened up so many possibilities that I'm sure we'll speak about later when we go into the sure. specifics about the game. Definitely. But then you've got also Bernard on a, the left wing who's looked just as promising as Richarlison really. Maybe he's not got that kind of goal-scoring touch that Richarlison's got, but this is a completely different Everton unit than what we were looking at last season. You know, This team's got a purpose. This team's so much more organised and so much more dangerous, even going away to sides in the top six. You know, We went to Arsenal this season, lost 2-0, but really should have been winning that game with the chances that we had. Oh, the uh, went half, to Man United. You, you were destroying yeah. them. Yep. No, yeah, definitely. You know, Calvert Lewin, I think, had the chance in the first minute, which he really should have should have buried. Uh, went to Manchester United, unfortunately, couldn't get a win there. Lost there as well. But again, that was, I think, that was down to poor refereeing decisions more than anything else. <laughs> surprise, surprise at Old Trafford. Eh? <laughs> and then, uh, We're used to it. As you've mentioned there, yep. as as you've mentioned there, the Chelsea game. Uh, I think that's arguably our best result of the season, considering at the time Chelsea were unbeaten. Yeah, the uh, hadn't they hadn't failed to score at uh, Stamford Bridge all season, but Everton managed to stop them doing that. So there's so many positives to be looking at, uh, thanks to Marco Silva this season. And yeah, things are really looking up uh, from an Everton perspective coming into this one for once. Yeah, you mentioned both the attack. The attack is much different than it ever was, and is between Sigerson and and Richarlison, they're a two-headed attack that has obviously been carrying the team. But it isn't just mm. a, just attack, is it? It's a mi- midfield that has been renovated completely, uh, playing mm. more often than not the four-two-three-one that even Klopp prefers from his days at Dortmund. So mm. you've you've got a renaissance in the midfield and then you've got a back line as you rightly pointed out that has stabilized there's mm. co- competition there's better personnel and mina's mm. a fantastic addition to the club so it kind of following if i can posit liverpool's track on a certain level where they've focused on the attack and also mm. focusing on not letting balls in the back of the net I think the the the, thing, the advantage that Everton had over Liverpool in that kind of scenario was that we already had a world-class goalkeeper to try and build a defence off, really. I think Jordan Pickford was the standout last season. He was absolutely phenomenal in so many games. And I, I don't even like to think where Everton might have been if it hadn't been for him last season. And so when when you've, when you've got a base like that, to try and build off it, it makes it's made life so much easier for Marco Silva. And there has been a complete reshuffle in defence. I mean, yeah, Seamus Coleman's stayed constant, but that's because he's he's now taken the captain's armband over the last few games, and it's looking it's looking more and more like once Phil Jagielka leaves the club, that Seamus Coleman will take over and be uh, the next club captain, which I think the majority of Everton fans would be absolutely delighted with. But you, you're just seeing the, I think the new additions have helped the players that are already there as well in the sense that Dean, Luca Dean and Yeri Mina, especially right now, are helping Michael Keane build up so much confidence. You know, he was he was really out of form last season. It wasn't it wasn't the player that Everton had signed and he spent big money on him. Uh, not 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 so long ago. It was over over twenty million to bring him to the club from Burnley. But it's only now that we're seeing the kind of value that 
that he really should have been bringing to Everton. And then, as I, as I mentioned there, further forward, Andre Gomez has now come into the midfield and the fact that he is such a, a nice box-to-box player, I think that's what Silver have been missing maybe for the first few matches of the season. We've had, we had obviously, a great attacking midfielder in Gilfie Sigurdsson, as you mentioned, who's in an absolutely amazing run of form this season. Uh, we had a great defensive midfielder in Adrissa Gay, but we didn't really have the kind of midfielder to link those two facets together yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Davis tr- was trying his best, but at, at the end of the day, he's only a 20-year-old lad expected to be a top Premier League player. You know, you'd, you'd have to be an absolutely exceptional talent to be able to to do that on a regular basis. So it just it just so happens that it's not he's not ready for it yet. But Andre Gomez certainly certainly is. And, He's he's looking like an incredible loan signing from Barcelona, and he's already looking like Everton really should be looking to try and sign him permanently in the summer. Whether that'll come off or, or not, uh, we'll have to wait and see. He's been monstrous for your club, so I highly recommend if you can lock him down, please do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talking about that midfield, I mean, Liverpool's obviously uh, struggled with its own issues, uh, holding midfielder being able to string the attack together between the back line and the front. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Seamus for a second, just because such a, an amazing personality for the club, recovering from such a horrific injury. Like it's worth restating how far he's come back in such a short amount of time, like almost shocking, right? Has, oh, it, has he lost it, it, a step to you? As you say there, it's an amazing achievement to come back from what he come back from. And he came, he came back, earlier than most Everton fans would have ever expected. He came back in about January of last season. That was less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, came back against in a home match against Leicester and was, you know, pivotal to securing a win on that night, I seem to remember. And you know, I think he didn't he didn't get he wasn't a regular for the rest of that season, don't get me wrong. I think John Joe Kenny still came in and played a few games during that period. But whenever Seamus Coleman was playing, he he just reminded us of that kind of energetic, vibrant, you know, no nonsense kind of player. He'd lost, he'd lost none of it, despite having suffered such a horrendous injury. You know, like when players get that, sometimes you think, oh, maybe he'll duck out of a tackle, or maybe he won't go full throttle into this run. But it's not been like that with James Coleman at all. It's hard, it's hardly like he was injured at all for the rest of last season. The start of this season, I think maybe he's struggled a little bit more. I think. At the end of last season, maybe adrenaline got him through those uh, first few matches because, you know, just the the feeling of being back on a football pitch again would have massively helped him through. I think this season he struggled a bit with his fitness. He had a bit of a niggly injury that kept him out for a month. But over the last couple of games, he's looked really, really good again. And it's it's really good to see him take up the captain's armband because it's a responsibility that he's probably been preparing for for the last, I don't know, two or three years maybe. There's been definite calls for it over the last year from Everton fans. So it's really nice to see him given that opportunity. And fingers crossed, uh, in his first derby as captain, he'll be able to lead us to a bit of a better result. Be vocal enough on the team, respected by your mates, which clearly he is, and be on the pitch often. And I think he's you know put himself in a position to do all of those things at the same time. This is a player that's never shy to get stuck in uh, even post injury right it, yeah that confidence is built and he's back to essentially old Seamus oh yeah and especially especially when you're coming into a game like the Merseyside derby you you need as many players like that as you can get because 
we we all know at the end of the day, sometimes form book just gets thrown out the window for a Merseyside derby and it just turns into an absolute scrap. I think the Merseyside derby still holds the record in the Premier League for the most red cards. Oh, yes, and of course. To be honest, yeah, to be honest, to be honest it, 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 there's no doubt in that once you actually watch matches. And I think it's something that maybe Everton have been missing over the last few years. You know, we, we used to have those kind of niggly players, you know, like your Tim Kales or your Marouane Fellaini's who weren't scared of you know, getting physical with Liverpool players. I think over the last few years, especially under Roberto Martinez, we were just that little bit too nice. We were trying to play this sort of tiki-taka football round and trying trying to be out of a physical battle as much as possible. But it's not going to be like that with Marco Silva at all. He's very much an aggressive, defend-from-the-front, positive style of manager and it, 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 I think it's going to be a, a, a bit of a surprise to Liverpool when they, uh, when they come up against Everton this weekend, to be honest, because we, uh, Liverpool won't have faced an Everton side like this for, I want to say, at least four years, maybe. So At least. Yeah, I think this is... Well, well, well past, yeah, ba- think, back to Martinez, right? Uh, yeah, I think probably the last... I'm, I'm thinking the last time was probably the 3-3 three, three at Goodison mm. in Martinez's first season in charge, so that would have been about 2013. Something like that. So five five years. Sure. Pro- probably was the last was the last time I can really think that Everton really challenged Liverpool. So it's it, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. I think. I think we can definitely say that. I'm not going to say that Everton are definitely going to come there and they're going to batter Liverpool or anything like that. But I think they're really going to come there and be competitive, which is I think all that Everton fans can ask for at the end of the day. Well, you start. It's a hierarchy of needs. You start with let's be competitive in these ties. And then let's move on, take a point, you know, be mm. uh, dominant enough to take all three. So mm. it's uh, quite quite a, you know, evolution over the last, you know, just season to get them in a position to do, mm. do this. So we'll hope that it goes yeah. another way. But uh, <laughs> Well, you can. Yeah. Um, so for, uh, and speaking of Martinez, like uh, last time there was a draw in, say, October mm. 15, 16, that got rid of Brendan Rodgers. So give uh, mm-hmm. giving ups to him the next time you see him. Um, <laughs> you know, another manager that just wasn't up to snuff, at least uh, to carry the shirt, hold the badge. Um, so in terms of the uh, matchups, so we've talked a bit about, you know, sort of the personnel moves in the off season. I'm thinking of the matchups that will cause Liverpool the most trouble. And I, I think, you know, all of the challenges this season to date have been about the midfield, and it's as evidenced by all the chopping and changing, even more so than you've seen in, even in the back line. And part of that is rotation, but part of that you know, for the midfield for sure is because we haven't gotten set. We don't have a midfield we can rely on shift between the four three three and the four two three one. It's just further evidence. Do you think I see Gomez and, and Gay, as you say, have been monstrous? So I can yeah. I can see you know uh, them causing challenges for us and for us getting forward to be able to link up play uh, to our our front three, which we that's how we butter our bread. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it it is exactly as you mentioned. I think Idrissa Gay, especially, I think gets very underrated by the rest of the Premier League. I think he's personally, I think he's right up there with Angolo Kante for what he does on the football pitch, especially when he's got someone like Gomez next to him, because Gomez allows Gay to just focus on 
the good aspects of his game. At the start of the season, Gay was playing alongside Morgan Schneiderlin, and both of those two players just like to sit in front of the back four rather than try and get forward at all. Mm-hmm. So it was creating about thirty yards of space in front of in front of the back. Well, what what had become a back six? So especially you saw in the West Ham game earlier this season, which finished three one to West Ham, like that they exploited that space perfectly and they completely deserved to win that game. Since Gomez has come into the side, he's absolutely changed that. He's very much a box to box style of player. He's so powerful, really good at intercepting the play ball. He's got such quick feet to then bring the ball forward. He's got a great eye for a pass. He's got good shot on him as well. You know, he's he's that complete midfielder that Everton was certainly missing for the early stages of the campaign. And he he's been allowing both Gay and Sigurdsson to focus on what they need to be doing a whole lot more. And I think that's that's an area that Liverpool really really might need to be worried about going into the weekend because as you say, there's been a lot of chopping and changing. They'll probably be chopping and changing from the lineup that plays PSG to the lineup that Assuring. starts yep. Derby. Like, so, I don't know, to be honest, it's anyone's guess. I, I certainly don't know who's going to play in the Derby. Obviously, <laughs> Henderson. Yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't see Henderson. He's suspended. Which, for me, that's good. Yeah, that's probably a blow to Everton, to be honest. Really? <laughs> I'd like okay. to come off against him. Hmm. Well, he, he's just he's just not... like when I, when I think of Jordan Henderson coming up against Gilfie Sigurdsson and Andre Gomez in the form that they're in at the minute, I just don't see how they're g- going to cope with him at all. I think James Milner is much better suited to be able to cope because he's a lot more physical, he's a lot more energetic. I think he might be able to put up a bit of a battle with Gomez, especially. So... You know, it's it's those it's those kind of areas that I think that Liverpool might need to be worried about, and I think there is, there could potentially be an area up front as well. I think Richarlison's been playing as a lead striker over the last few weeks for Everton. I'm not sure whether that'll be the case at Anfield. I think you think the better move might move might, him to four three three. I think the better move might be to move Richarlison out to the left hand side mm. and to play either Cenk Tosin or Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front. I think they'll provide a bit more of a physical test to Van Dijk and essentially keep Van Dijk away from Richarlison as much as possible because I think Van Dijk is Van Dijk's probably the best centre-back in the league at the minute and I can I can freely admit that. But <laughs> Good for you. If, he's, if, if, he's, if he's kept away from Richarlison, I don't think there's anyone else in that Liverpool back four who can stop Richarlison at the minute. For sure, I really, I really, I you really. Could, think you could argue could, Gomez, but yeah, it's it'd be a tough battle for sure. If he's if if he's fit, I mean, is he is he fit? I'm, I'm oh, not quite sure. He he is, uh, far as I know, unless there's a bit of news that I've missed. With you know midfield, and you, you talked about the attack. Um, what about the defense? So you think Silva's gonna set up same way he did versus Cardiff? Last few weeks, in fact, uh, Mina Keen with uh, Dean and Seamus. I assume that's that's just picking itself at this point. Yeah, I'd 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 be very surprised if he opted to change that because that back four have played in the last two matches and kept two clean sheets. At the end of the day, you know, both Chelsea and Cardiff did cause problems, but you know, did you, I I just don't think it's a good idea to change a defence that's kept two clean sheets in a row. <laughs> uh, there, have, there have been some suggestions among Everton fans over here that maybe a back three 
might might be an option with Kurt Zuma then coming back into the fold. And I get and I get the sentiment because Kurt Zuma offers something that Mina and Keane both don't at its pace. Yep. Like if if Liverpool get in behind either either Keane or Mina, like let's say Salad or Firmino getting getting behind, they they're gone. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no there's no way Mina and Keane are, are catching up to them, but Kurt Zuma might. So I can I can see I can see the logic, but personally I'd I'd be keeping the same back four. But so there there are going to be chances in this game for Liverpool definitely because this back four have only played with each other twice. Mm-hmm. They've kept two clean sheets, but it's still it's still an inexperienced back four in a big game. So you never know. I think there will be chances in there for both sides definitely. Yep, and uh, Calvert Lewin, I. I don't see a scenario where he is not on the pitch Sunday. <laughs> do, you, do you think any different? At, at some point in the game, he will definitely get on the pitch. Whether he starts or not is a bit of a debate. Like if 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 Silva doesn't change his formation, then Richarlison will be playing up front and Calvert Lewin will definitely be on the bench. But if he does do what I what I think might happen, then it's a it's a straight toss up then between Cenk Tosin and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and as you as you'll well remember Dominic Calvert-Lewin was quite good in the Anfield draw last season won obviously won us the penalty uh, that got that got us a point so he, he's definitely got that string to his bow but at the same time Cenk Tosin's an international striker he's very experienced he's played in some absolutely mental derbies over in Turkey with Besiktas, you know, he, he's not he's not a player who's going to crumble under that sort of pressure. So, Marco Silva may well prefer him. So, it, it'll be interesting. I think that you're right. There will definitely be be a point that Dominic Calvert Lewin is on the pitch. But I think starting if he not. if he doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't start the game, I think Adam Olalohman will be our first sub because, especially in the FA Cup game last season, the two one. I think he changed that match in favour of Everton. We got our goal very soon after he came on. We had a couple of chances to maybe take the lead ourselves, and then obviously Van Dijk buried us near the end. But I think Adam Olalochman really, really did himself a lot of favours that night. So it it could be the option that he comes in instead of either Theo Walcott or Bernard. Maybe he's used as an impact sub off the bench. You know, we'll wait and see. But there's definitely a lot of options facing Marco Silva. Well, as we move into you know some score predictions, and I'm going to add a red card prediction. Um, but, <laughs> but before before we get there, I've got to ask you about uh, you're looking at uh, Lukaku at United. <laughs> some of your recent castoffs. Any regrets? I feel like I'm setting you up for a home run here. If, if, if we were looking at if we were looking at the Lukaku that Everton had. I I miss that Lukaku, hundred <laughs> percent. So does United. I, I like he he was just people called him a flat track bully, and yeah, he was. But he did score in in a few big games as well. I'm thinking of he scored two against Chelsea at home in an FA Cup tie. He scored an absolutely fantastic goal away to Manchester City. You know, he like I miss that kind of striker, and I think what Everton are missing right now is a, a natural goal scorer. And at the end of the day, an informed Lukaku is exactly that player. Uh, on the other side of things, probably John Stones. Uh, I, I do wish Everton had been able to keep John Stones for a little bit longer. And I think Pep Guardiola's 
really starting to get the best out of him. And then on a very personal level, we definitely shouldn't have sold Stephen Naismith when we did. Mm. We ended up selling sold Stephen Naismith and got in Umanias, which uh, didn't didn't necessarily work out. I think at the time that Naismith went, he was the he was the best finisher at the club. And yeah, I'm, I still miss him, but it's not as if I'd have him back. <laughs> I wouldn't have him back now. Yeah, what's what's done is done at this point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, given all of that, we we now move on to the predictions. So we all have our biases coming in. I have mine, you have yours, but I'm just going to ask you for your prediction. Uh, You moving into this match, how do you see the Blues coming out? I think, as I've said, there's going to be chances in it for both teams and it really depends on who takes them more. I think Everton's performances against all the top six sides this season have given me hope that we're going to go there and go and try to win. Whether it'll come off or not, I'm not entirely confident, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Everton. Ooh, okay. 2-1 Break, win. I'm breaking the hoodoo. 90 <laughs> years is coming to an end. <laughs> hey, if you break it in the US, which, you know, this is going to broadcast in the US, it doesn't count, right? It's a different continent. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and you right, rightfully mentioned that this is, you know, the tie the series with the most red cards and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one I'm going to ask you if you were to predict one red card which player would it be most likely red card on both sides by the way oh, oh, one, one for both sides makes it a bit easier I think either Yerry Mina or Luca Dean have got it in them to get sent off That's fantastic definitely yep. and well, hopefully that doesn't make a bone but Oh well, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it won't be a Funes Mori style sending off where you we got injure one of your players. Well, <laughs> that that was the most ridiculous sending off I've ever seen in my life. And then he passed the badge at the end of it as well, as if we we were going to appreciate him for it. No, mate. <laughs> stop, stop it. Doesn't do anything um, for the heat of the uh, of the rivalry for sure. Oh no, absolutely not. And then for Liverpool, <sighs> I don't know, like. Your players don't seem. Oh, um, I'm I'm stuck. You Firmino. Would, you would say you would say Henderson. You know? Yeah, it, Firmino. No, it, he's only given to the yellow when he takes his shirt off, and that means he scored. Uh, so that would be good, good, good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but Henderson, having gotten oh, his red oh, at the weekend, no. th- there'll be no Henderson. I've got so. one. Okay, I've got Andy Robertson. Andy Ooh. Robertson. Yeah, he's got some guile in him for sure. Is, yeah, doesn't shy he, gets, away from a he gets he gets beat by a little bit of pace on the wing. He's he might. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that's possible because you know he's he's looked incredible. But if if the scenario does happen, I think he's he's got the uh, he's got the ca- ca- capacity to leave leave one in a little bit. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. Uh, he level head, but you never know. This is Which the is dar- a good derby, thing. and th- things happen in the derby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam, I really appreciate the time going through the match. Um, we now pass the floor to you. You write every week at the Echo and love your pieces, pay attention to you on Twitter. Is there anything else going on in your world that you'd like the public to know about? Yeah, well, obviously I'd like like to draw the attention to our two podcasts that we both that we do with the Liverpool Echo. If for any reason any of your listeners are interested in more regular Everton news, then 
I'm quite a regular host of our Royal Blue podcast, I'm a regular contributor to that. And uh, one that will probably, uh, your listeners will appreciate a little bit more is we've obviously got our Blood Red po- podcast with the likes of James Pierce and oh, for sure. Ian Royal, Christian Walsh, you know, that, that's that's always a, a great listener, it's something I listen to as well, because you know, it's, they, they really, really smashed that podcast off the park, so... Uh, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend our two podcasts. Uh, keep in touch with all of our content on liverpoolecho.co.uk. And yeah, I think that's all I've, that's awesome. all I've got to say. And I've got to ask, uh, you and that team, the Blood Red team, do, do you place bets on these matches? Oh, well, um, it, it could happen. <laughs> it, could, it could happen. Yeah, things will get a bit heated in the press box, definitely, when, uh, when the match is going on. It certainly did last season. <laughs> Friendly fire. It happens. <laughs> well, it's all banter at the end of the day. <laughs> Adam, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, would love to have you back in the future. Um, everybody pay attention to Adam on Liverpool Echo. Follow him on Twitter. And uh, until next time, my friend, talk on. Thank you very much. 